CBS takes you to the All-Star Game. This is Mel Allen greeting you from the tradition-packed confines of Portland Park in St. Louis, Missouri, where thousands of Chuck Cleese spectators come to watch the eighth annual unfolding of a Midsummer Day's Dream, baseball's Major League All-Star Classic. A scorching Missouri sun burning down from clear skies dotted with tufts of floating white clouds provides old-fashioned baseball weather for the day's festivities, which passes in review the bulk of American and National League stars. It'll be the pleasure of your broadcaster and Frank Locke, who daily describes the fortunes of the St. Louis Browns and St. Louis Cardinals over Columbia State and KMOX here in St. Louis, to bring you a word's-eye picture of this star-slash spectacle. Up until this moment, there's been much speculation as to the nature of the starting lineup. And up to this moment, the lineups are still in somewhat the tentative stage. But from our pregame benchwarming activities, here's the way it shapes up at the moment. Frank Locke. Thank you, Mel. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Manager Joe Cronin of the Hosting American League team is expected to start Red Ruffing on the mound and follow him up with Buck Newsom and close with either Bob Feller or Al Milnar. And behind Ruffing, we'll find Cecil Travis of the Washington Senators at third base, who has a batting average for the season of 355. Ted Williams of the Boston Red Sox in left field, who's been batting 344 so far for the campaign. Charlie Keller of the New York Yankees will lead off in right field, and he's hitting exactly 303. Joe DiMaggio of the Yankees hits in the cleanup spot and will be in center field with a batting average at the present time of 305. Jimmy Fox of the Boston Red Sox will be at first base, and he's hitting 306. Bill Dickey of the Yankees will start off behind the plate. His batting average has dropped down to 220 so far for the current campaign. Luke Appling of the Chicago White Sox will be at short, and he's batting 347 for the season, and Joe Gordon of the Yanks hitting 250 at second. Ruffing's pitching record for the 1940 season reached seven victories and six defeats. Ken Keltner will serve as Travis's relief at third. Bob Johnson as Williams' relief in left field. Roger Kramer of Boston will stand by for DiMaggio in center. Lou Finney will do likewise for Keller and Wright. George McQuinn of the Browns will be ready to step in for Jimmy Fox at first. Raleigh Hemsley of the Indians and Frankie Hayes of the Athletics will be ready to alternate with Dickey behind the plate. And Lou Woodrow of Cleveland will be ready for action at short. And Ray Mack will be set to relieve Joe Gordon at second. Newsom, Feller, Milnar, Tommy Bridges of Detroit, Emil Leonard of the Senators, and Monty Pearson of the Yankees will be ready for relief mound duty. Manager Bill McKechnie. Uh, we just noticed down here that Charlie Ruffing is definitely the starter for this afternoon's game. He's starting to warm up now for the Yanks, and Paul Derringer is warming up for the National Leaguers. So that makes it definite on the two starting pitchers. Bill McKechnie, as we told you, will probably lead off with Archie Vaughn of the Pirates, who is hitting 268 for the year short. Billy Herman of the Cubs at second, who's batting 308. At first, it was announced that Mel out of the Giants would be in right field, but we've later been informed that Mac West of the Boston Bees will be in right. And both men are hitting exactly 288. Johnny Myers of the Cardinals, who has a batting mark of 279 so far for the campaign at first base. Ernie Lombardi of the Reds, batting 308 behind the plate. Joe Medwick of Brooklyn in left field with his 303 batting mark. Harry Lambrigetto of Brooklyn at third, batting 273. And Terry Moore of the Cardinals in center with his 265 average. And as we told you, Paul Derringer will draw the starting knot on the mound with his 10 victories and 7 defeats. Manager McKechnie has for relief Eddie Miller of Boston and Leo DeRocher of Brooklyn at short. Pete Costard of Brooklyn at second. Frank McCormick of the Reds at first. Mel Ott of the Giants in right. Harry Danning of New York and Babe Phelps of Brooklyn can capably fill in for Lombardi. 
Bill Nicholson of the Cubs will be ready to replace Medwick in left field. Merrill May of the Phillies awaits the work go at third base. And Joe Moore will be waiting for an outfield release job. McKechnie will have such mound stars as Carl Hubble of the Giants, Larry French of the Cubs, Kirby Higby and Hugh Mulcahy of the Phillies, Bucky Walters of the Reds, and Whitlow Wyatt of the Dodgers to call on when the going gets tough. And it no doubt will be on both sides this afternoon. Only about four percentage points separate the batting averages of the two teams, with the American Leaguers holding that small advantage. As in other years, the two teams are evenly matched, and the break should again prove to be the determining factor when the last man is retired in the eighth renewal of this all-star classic. Tom Daly of Boston and Del Baker of Detroit have been selected by Cronin as coaches for the American League, while manager McKechnie has chosen Doc Foto of the Phillies and Casey Stengel of the Bees as his aide. Seven members of the Yankees have been named to the American League squad, while only one player represents the Browns and the White Sox. Red Wolf of the Yankees had to withdraw from the American League squad because of illness, as did Hank Lieber of the National Leaguers. Billy Jurgis of the National Leaguers was also unable to accept a National League invitation because of injuries. The four umpires who have been named to work today's game by Commissioner Landis are Steve Basil and George Pipgrass of the American League staff and Beans Reardon and Bill Stewart of the National League staff. And now, once again, Mel Allen. And now let's take a brief look at this game. It's history and the spot where it should be played this afternoon, Fortune Park in St. Louis. And by the way, most of you already know that next year it'll be in Detroit. And incidentally, in Detroit this afternoon, Waldo Briggs owner of the Detroit Tigers is having a group of people with his guests at Briggs Stadium listening to our broadcast. Well, back in 1933, Arch Ward, sports editor of the Chicago Tribune, gave birth to the idea of the All-Star Game, chiefly as an added attraction to the Chicago World's Fair that year. But since then, this game has developed into what veteran observers like to term a drug battle between the two leagues, a battle right down to the finish, wherein each team representing its league strives to uphold its loose reputation in true World Series fashion. It's become rich in tradition, and justly so. The players representing the National and American League represent more than approximately $3 million worth of baseball humanity, where a financial price tag placed in their services. The cream of the two crops are here. Sportsman's Park, you know, has been the home of both the Cardinals and the Browns since 1920. This St. Louis baseball orchard was first laid out in 1866, 74 years ago, and no other major league field goes back that far in continuity of location. Few persons are living who remembered the original park in 1866 with its crude pine fence, wooden stands, and plank seats. Few remember when this park housed a shooting gallery to help defray the upkeep expenses, or when the seating capacity numbered 800, providing the fans were jammed against each other. Yes, that's a far cry from this spacious enclosure, which this afternoon will hold some 34,000 screaming fans. Few people remember when the famous Chris Bonda A. paid Charlie Comiskey, a robust first baseman from Dubuque, Iowa, who later became one of the American League's greatest characters, $50 a month to play for and manage the St. Louis Browns. Well, the park received its name from a young sports writer by the name of Al Spink, an uncle of J.G. Taylor Spink, publisher of the Sporting News, the National Baseball Weekly, and looked upon as baseball's Bible. After years of bad going, Sportsman's Park bounced back as a baseball match in 1902 when the American League, coming into its own as a major league organization, placed a franchise in St. Louis. The late Bob Hedges was the chief backer of the club, which carried on under the name of the Browns. He remodeled the park for the 1909 season by placing concrete and field sand. And then in 1922, when the Browns came from near winning that pennant, the late Phil Ball laid away the profits from the biggest season the Browns had enjoyed, and in 1925 and 26, spent more than $300,000 double-decking the grandstand and extending it down the right and left field line. This gives the park its present capacity of slightly less than 34,000 feet. All of his life, Phil Ball had cherished the ambition of bringing St. Louis an American League pennant, but he passed on in 1933 without realizing this goal. 
By stroke of irony, after Ball had put all his money into the park improvements, the Cardinals stepped out and won a pennant in the World Series. Since then, the Cards have hit the jackpot in 28, 30, 31, and 34, but the Browns are still penniless. They came close but once, and that was in 1922, when the late Urban Shocker, the great George Sisler, Johnny Tobin, Hank Severidge, David Al Jacobs, and other stars that year carried the Browns to within a game or so of the Yankees, who were just beginning their pennant winning siege. The home plate, they tell me, was originally in the southeast corner, but was swung around to the northwest corner a short time later, and in 1909 was placed in its present location in the southwest corner of the enclosure. Recent improvements at the park include a $35,000 scoreboard out in left center field, extending high above the bleachers, one of the finest in either league, and the $150,000 lighting system for night ball, which won't be needed this afternoon. And today, both clubs rent the park from the ball estate and share its upkeep. This park is a haven for left-handed hitters because of the short right field screen, which measures only 310 feet from home plate. It's 422 feet to the center field bleachers, 351 feet to left field. The furthest point a ball can go inside the park is 426 feet, and that's a remote corner just to the left of the flagpole in center field. Well, of the seven games that have been played, this is the eighth annual All-Star game. The American League is a 1-5, with the other two decisions going to the senior loopers. Slightly less than 50,000 fans watched the American League score a 4-2 triumph in the inaugural game in Chicago in 1933 for the veterans Tony Mack and the late John McGraw managing the respective clubs. Lefty Gomez received credit for the first of his three All-Star game victories. Today, Lefty is missing. And Babe Ruth called his shots that year, you remember, as he pulled out that busty home run wallop, much to the disgust of the National League fans. Well, Carl Hubble took over the spotlight in 1934 at the Polo Grounds in New York City. Even though the American League is again won, this time mine is up. You remember that, Hubble started for the National Leaguers, and after the first two men had reached first base, King Carl retired Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox in succession on strike, and then in the second inning, he whipped Al Simmons and Joe Conan, the first two men to face him, giving the famed butterfly ball artist the honor of fanning in succession five of the game's mightiest sluggers. Came 1935, and the All-Stars swooped to Cleveland, when in Cleveland's huge municipal stadium, they played before the largest crowd yet to view one of these contests. 69,812 paid to watch the American League win again, 4-1 to one this time. Frankie Frisch piloted the National League entry, and Mickey Cochran was the American League manager. The two pilots had faced each other in the World Series of 1934, and inasmuch as Frisch and the Cardinals beat Detroit in our October Series, American League fans felt that Cochran had redeemed himself by giving the junior leaguers a win in the All-Star Clash. The National League gained its first win in 1936 in Boston, and Dizzy Dean got credit for the victory. Smallest crowd in the history of this game, 25,556, attended the ball game. Charlie Grimm, then of the Chicago Cubs, managed the National League, and the Yankees' Joe McCarthy made his debut as the manager of the American League All-Stars. The senior league stars gained their first decision by four to three margins. The game went to Washington in 1937, and for the first time, it was a runaway for the American League as they won eight to three, despite the big defensive play of Joe Medley, who will be performing out here for the seventh time for the National League this afternoon. Now here's the Star Spangled Banner.
3-1-8-3. That game is featured by a line drive off the Vanderbilt label, which caught Dizzy Dean on the toe, and according to this, himself led to his eventual downfall. And while we're mentioning the older of the Dean brothers, it might be well to point out in the same breath that tomorrow night he'll appear in another All-Star game, but this time in the Texas League, the loop from which he graduated to the big league. The 1938 Classic was held in Cincinnati, and the National League scored its second win, 4-1. No hit, no run. Johnny Vandermeer was the National League's winning pitcher, and Lefty Gomez was charged for the loss. His only setback in all-star game competition. Like Dean, Vandermeer is now back in the minors trying to work his way back into the big show. Well, the second largest crowd in the history of the game, 62,892, sat in New York's huge Yankee Stadium last year and watched the American League win again 3-1 when young Bob Feller was called in to relieve the towering Tommy Bridges, tossed a double play ball, and the game was over right then and there in the hands of the American League. A brilliant set of pitching by Bob Feller. Now, what today will bring? Well, we don't know. The breaks are due to be the deciding factor, just as they've been in the past. And now, just before we give you the official starting lineup, let's pause quickly for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. This is the WBBM Air Theater, Wrigley Building, Chicago. Just the opposite. 
So naturally, it'll take a little more time in the discussion of the ground rules pertaining to this game this afternoon. Derringer has finished up his warm-up affair, but Charlie Ruffing, the New York Yankees, who's going to start for the American Leaguers, is still warming up with Mo Berg of the Boston Red Sox. Incidentally, though, uh, we were mentioning the ground rules and so forth. Uh, every player in both of the American and National Leagues is very familiar with Sportsman's Park because it is the home of both the Browns and the Cardinals, so all of the Major League games played in St. Louis are played in this ballpark. On the PA system now, they're calling off the numbers that the different players have on their back. You know, the American League, each player will be wearing his own road uniform, and in the National League, each player has his own home uniform. So we're liable to have two or three number eights, two or three number fives, and two or three number threes. Of course, that's going to be the job of Mel Allen and I to try to keep these numbers straight and be able to distinguish just who is wearing these different numbers. So it's a job of merely studying these men by form and so forth so that you're able to recognize who they are at a glance. Of course, where we're parked here in the upper deck in the temporary press, we have a very good view of the playing field. The National Leaguers are going out on the field now to take their playing position. So in just a few moments, this ball game is going to be ready to start. We're going to run over the way they're out on the field for you again on the National Leaguers. Going around the infield, there is... Harry Lavagetto, Cookie Lavagetto of the Brooklyn Dodgers at third, Archie Vaughn of the Pittsburgh Pirates at short, Billy Herman of the Chicago Cubs at second, Johnny Mize of the St. Louis Cardinals at first base, Ernie Lombardi in back of the plate, and Paul Derringer on the firing line. In the outfield, it's Joe Medwick in left of the Brooklyn Dodgers, Terry Moore of the St. Louis Cardinals in center field, and Max West of the Boston Bees out in right field. So... We're just about ready to go. Paul Derringer is taking his warm-up pitches, and Cecil Travis rolls out to the plate. He'll be the first man up for the American Leaguers, the Washington Senators' third baseman, and he's sporting a batting average at the present time of 335. He'll be followed by Ted Williams of the Boston Red Sox and Connie Keller. Of course, you're going to have some partisan fans here whenever some of the local idols are called off, you get a big hand, and naturally some of the others will get just the reverse, which is to be expected in every ballpark. We're all set to go. The throw has been made down to second base. Cecil Travis steps into the batter's box. Paul Derringer's on the mound, getting his signal from Lombardi. Goes into his windup for the initial pitch. Here is the first pitch, and it's a fly ball. Going out to center field, deep center. Terry Moore moves back. He's under it, and he takes it about 10 feet in from the sign that says 405 feet. Travis out on the first pitch on a high fly to deep center, which is taken care of by Terry Moore. So it's one down, and that brings up Ted Williams of the Boston Red Sox, left fielder, and Williams has a batting average so far this campaign of 344, which is not bad in anyone's league. He bats left-handed, Charlie Keller of the New York Yankees on deck. Tom Daly is coaching on the first baseline for the American Leaguers with Del Baker, Manager of the Detroit Tigers coaching at third. Derringer looks around at the outfield for the moment, steps in on the mound. He got his signal from Ernie Lombardi. Goes into his windup. One away. Here's the first pitch. Low ball one on Ted Williams. Ted is a tall, lanky boy, but he can really hit that onion. One ball is a count. With one man down, Derringer starts his windup for the next pitch to Williams. 
Ball two. The pitch was inside. Two balls and no strikes. Two balls and no strikes. Ted Williams, the batter, with one away. Cecil Travis, the first man up for the American Leaguers, was out on a long fly off the center field. Derringer's winding up for his next pitch. Here it comes, and it's another high one. Ball three. Three and nothing on Ted Williams. Got Derringer in the hole now. Three balls, no strikes. One man down, nobody on. The first half of the first inning of this all-star game. He's winding up, and here's the next pitch to Williams. Strike one, call. Three balls and one strike. Looks like that one cut across the plate just about knee-high. Three and one. He might pick on this one if it happens to be a cripple. He's into his wind-up. Here's the next pitch, low and inside for ball four. And Williams is the first man to reach first base in the 1940 All-Star game by way of a base on ball. Charlie Keller of the New York Yankees, the next batter playing right field for the American Leaguers. Batting average, 303. One away. Keller batting. Williams on first base. Derringer's into his stretch. Here's the pitch, and it's strike one. He swung at it. One strike on Charlie Keller. Joe DiMaggio on deck. Two Yankees in a row here. Keller batting at the moment. DiMaggio on deck. One strike is the count on Keller. Up goes the arm again. He glances over first base. Here's the next pitch. Strike two. Fast one on the inside corner. Call strike. They count two strikes on Charlie Keller, and he steps back out of the batter's box for the moment to get a little dirt on his hands. Back in, taking his stance at the plate. Derringer's on the mound, waiting for his signal from Lombardi. Goes into his stretch. Takes his glance over at first base. Here's the pitch, and it's strike three. Keller went down swinging for the second out. Keller was out on three straight pitches, and that brings up Joe DiMaggio, the Yankee sensational center fielder. That's right-handed. Batting average at the present time for the 1940 campaign, 305. DiMaggio batting with Ted Williams still on first base. Two down. Derringer's in on the mound. Here's the first pitch. Strike one. Call on DiMaggio. That's four straight strikes that Derringer has dished up since walking Ted Williams. Three in a row to Charlie Keller, and the first one here is to DiMaggio. He's in on the mound. Here's the next pitch. Ball wide. One and one. One ball and one strike. Williams on first base. Two down the first half of the first inning. This is the eighth annual All-Star game. He's into his stretch once again. Here's the next pitch. Foul ball. Going back against the net. In back of the plate. The count is two strikes and one ball on Joe DiMaggio. A new ball goes into the game. Lombardi fires it down to Cookie Lamagetto at third, who rubs it up a little. Tosses it into Derringer. Derringer strolls back to the mound. Getting his position from his signal now from Lombardi. Into his stretch. Looks over at first base. Here's the next pitch on a high bounder. Going back out to the mound. One of those kind takes a long time to come down. Derringer fields the ball. He's out at first base on a close play. DiMaggio was out. He hit a high bounder in front of the plate. Derringer had to step back a little from the mound. But it was one of those kind that you can't do anything about. DiMaggio is racing down the first. Derringer's waiting for the ball to come down. But it did manage to come down in time for Derringer to make the fast throw to first base to retire DiMaggio for the third out to retire the side. So the results there in the first half of the first inning show no runs, no hits, no errors. One man left on base. That was Ted Williams, the second man up for the American Leaguers, who walked. So we're going into the last half of the first inning with the National Leaguers getting their first chance at the plate, and Archie Vaughn will be the first batter. The Pittsburgh Pirates shortstop. He bats left-handed, has an average of 
68. Buck Newsom going down to the bullpen. And Hank Greenberg is also strolling down there. I believe Mo Berg is going down. So that means that Newsom is just parking down there to get ready to warm up because we've been informed that Newsom will be the second pitcher in for the American Leaguers after Charlie Ruffing has worked his three innings. There's Dickey's throw down to Gordon at second base. He tosses the ball to Appling, back in to Ruffing. We're all set to go here in the last half of the first inning. Archie Vaughn, the first batter. Casey Stengel coaching at first base for the National Leaguers. Doc Protho, manager of the Phillies, coaching at third. Casey Stengel, manager of the Boston Bees at first. Archie Vaughn, the batter. He'll be followed by Billy Herman of the Chicago Cubs and Max West of the Boston Bees. Ruffing gets his signal from Dickey. Goes into his windup for the pitch. Here it comes. And there's a foul ball going into the stands to the left of the plate. The upper tier. And it's one strike. That ball's gone forever. That's a souvenir now. A new ball tossed in. This is the first batter for the National Leaguers in the last half of the first inning. Four men were up for the American Leaguers in the first half. One getting on the result of a walk. Ruffing's into his windup for the next pitch to Vaughn. Here it comes. Ball. A little bit wide and low. Even up. On Archie Vaughn, one and one. Dickey steps out in front of the plate, tosses the ball back to Ruffing, who picks up the rousing bag, then strolls in on the mound after rubbing the ball up a little. One and one is a count on Archie Vaughn. He has a peculiar stance that they plate. Sort of has his right leg, you might say a, a left-handed, a right-handed batter would be stepping back into the bucket. Here's the wind-up, the pick, and a ground ball going down to second base. Gordon takes it, it bounces over. Gordon, just as he was set to field that one, it tipped his glove. We don't know whether that'll be recorded as a hit or an error. It's one of those. I think it'll be a single. It is a single. A hit for Archie Vaughn. Just as Joe Gordon was set to field that ball, it took a high pound. He managed to tip it with his glove, but couldn't grab it. One is a base hit for Archie Vaughn. He's on first base. Billy Herman of the Chicago Cubs is the batter. He has an average of 308. Second baseman for the National League. Billy Herman batting, Archie Vaughn on first base, Max West of the Boston Bees on deck. Ruffing's into his stretch, getting set. Here's the pitch, wide, ball one. One ball is the count, Billy Herman the batter. The last half of the first inning, this all-star game. Archie Vaughn on first base, nobody down as yet. Ruffing's into his stretch, gets his signal from Dickey. Here's the next pitch, strike, ball, one and one. One ball and one strike. One and one. Billy Herman batting. Ruffing strolls in on the mound again. Bucky Walters has started to warm up for the National Leaguers down in the left field bullpen. Here's the next pitch. Inside. Ball two. Two balls and one strike on Billy Herman. Two balls, one strike. Archie Vaughn on first base. Nobody down. And again, Charlie Ruffing is rubbing the gloss off of that new ball. Steps in on the mound. He got his signal from Dickey for the next pitch here to Billy Herman. Vaughn is on first base. Nobody out. Here it is. He starts down. There goes a drive going out. On a hit and run play. Vaughn is racing for third. Here comes the throw. He's safe at third. On a hit and run play, Archie Vaughn moves around to third when Billy Herman singles sharply past Cecil Travis at third base. Runners on first and third. Nobody down. That brings up Max West of the Boston Bees playing right field for the National Leaguers. Batting average 288. And he bats left-handed. The last half of the first inning, Archie Vaughn had started traveling on that one. The hit and run was on. Billy Herman singled past Travis at third. However, it was a close play at third base. Ted Williams fielded the ball and made the throw into Travis in a hurry. Here's the first pitch to West. Strike one call. Left-handed batter. 
One strike. Max West batting with runners on first and third. Nobody down in the last half of the first inning. Ruffington on the mound, getting a signal. Into his stretch. Glances over at first base. Here's the next one. And there goes a drive along. One going out to right field. Looks like it might be in there. It's in there for a home run. Max West hits one into the right center field pavilion for a home run. Scoring behind Archie Vaughn and Billy Herman.
Ruffington on the mound. Here's the next pitch. Had a foul ball. Coming back up into the press section and bouncing down into the lower tier. That calls for another new ball. The count is still two strikes and one ball on Joe Medley. Ernie Lombardi on first base with one man down. Mize making the out on a fly ball to left center, which was taken care of by Ted Williams. He's into his stretch. Here's the pitch. Wide ball, two. Count is even up, two and two. Two balls, two strikes. Medwick batting Lombardi on first base. Lombardi single with the line drive to center. Ruffing's in on the mound. He's getting a signal from Dickey. Goes into his stretch. Up goes the arm. He's all set. Here's the pitch, and it's another foul coming back to the plate. Count remains the same, two and two. Umpire being driven is dusting the plate. New ball is tossed into Charlie Ruffing, who strolls back to the mound very slowly, rubbing the gloss off the ball. Around now to take the stance, waiting for that signal from Bill Dickey for the next pitch here to Joe Medley. A right-handed batter, and the count is two and two. He's into his stretch. Here's the pitch, and there's a foul ball going down the... First baseline over near the stand. Fox going over, and he makes the catch. A nice catch going over close to the stand for the second out. Medwick fouled out to Jimmy Fox. So it's two down with Lombardi on first base, and that brings up Harry Lavagetto. Carries the nickname of Cookie, a member of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Third baseman has a batting average so far during the 1940 campaign of 273. That's right-handed. He'll be followed by Terry Moore. Ruffing steps in on the mound to get his signal. Here's the first pitch and a foul ball going into the stands to the right of the plate, the upper deck. And it's one strike on Lavagetto. One strike, Lavagetto the batter. With two down, Lombardi on first base. Ruffing steps in there, up goes the arm. Fox is playing off first. Here's the pitch, strike call. Two strikes on Lavagetto. Two strikes. Jimmy Fox is playing a few feet off of first base. Ruffing's into his stretch. And here's the next pitch to Lavagetto, wide and low for ball one. The count is two strikes, one ball, is two down. Lombardi is on first base. The last half of the first inning, the National League is leading by a score of three to nothing. Ruffing comes in on the rubber to get his signal from Dickey. Two strikes, one ball. Still have Lombardi on first base. Two down. All set. Here's the pitch. And there's another foul going into the stands to the right of the plate. Into the upper deck. Count remains the same. Two strikes, one ball. Another new one tossed in. This is the last half of the first inning. National Leaguers have had four hits here so far in the last half of the first. Ruffing's all set. Here's the pitch. High. Ball two. And the count is even up once again. Two and two on Cookie Lavagetto. Right-handed batter and a member of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Ernie Lombardi on first base. Two down. Ruffing's getting his signal. Up goes the arm. He's all set for the pitch. Here it comes. Lombardi starts down. It's a pop fly going down to second base. Joe Gordon moves over. He's under it. And he takes it for the third out, retiring the side. The results down the last half of the first inning show three runs, four hits, and no errors. And so the National League leads 3 nothing at the end of the first inning, striking with a vengeance right from the opening gun to atone somewhat for previous defeats by the American League to hold a 5-2 edge in the seven games played up until this season, this being the eighth annual All-Star game. 
For the American League, coming into the first half of the second inning, Jimmy Fox will lead off. He'll be followed by Luke Appling, and then will come Bill Dickey. The American Leaguers were retired in the first half of the first inning by Paul Derringer, the starting pitcher for the National League, a right-hander, without giving up a base hit. Ted Williams, the only man to get on first, he drew a base on balls, which is rather odd for Paul Derringer, inasmuch as Derringer is one of the top men in the big leagues for control. The National Leaguers put together three hits right in a row. An infield single by Vaughn on a grounder, which hopped high over Joe Gordon's head. A single by Billy Herman with a hit and run on, sending Vaughn to third. And then Max West, the long-distance clouding outfielder for the Boston Bees, hitting one into the center field stands to score Vaughn and Herman ahead of him. Now up to the plate steps, Jimmy Fox, robust belting first baseman of the Boston Red Sox, right-handed hitter, batting 306 on the season. Paul Derringer, the right-hander, starts to wind up. In comes the pitch, swung on, foul high, back up in over the roof for strike one. Luke Ackling of the Chicago White Sox, shortstop, is on deck. Cookie Lambagetto at third, Archie Vaughn at short, Billy Herman at second, Johnny Myers at first, the National League infield. Derringer looks in to get the sign for Lombardi, has it. Round comes the arm. Fox swings, fouls another one high up over the roof, back to the plate for strike two. Two strikes on Jimmy Fox, first man up for the American League, first half the second inning, with the National League leading three to nothing. Joe Medrick's in left field, Terry Moore in center field, and Max West in right field for the National League. Derringer looks in, gets the sign from the crouching Lombardi. Lavagetta with third is very deep, almost on the outfield grass. In comes the pitch. Fox takes it over the outside for ball one. One and two the count. Outfield swung around toward left and very deep for Fox. Infield playing around toward left. Derringer pitches. Fox takes it inside for ball two, and it's 2-2. Two, two. two and two. Bucky Walters is no longer warming up for the National Leaguers, and there's no activity in the American League bullpen at the moment. The 2-2 pitch from Derringer. Swung on, fouled back up against the screen, between the screen and the top of the roof. Perhaps you heard the repercussion in the background over our microphones. Still 2-2 on Jimmy Fox. Steps out of the batter's box, scoops up a little dirt. Back in, taps his bat on the plate. Derringer's is ready to come in there with it. Fox gets set. Here's the pitch. It's a curve. Nips the outside corner for call strike three. And there's one down for the American League in the second inning. That's the second strike out of the ball game for Paul Derringer. Curve that nipped the outside corner letter high. A call third strike. That brings up Luke Appling. Chicago White Sox shortstop. Batting 347 on the season. Hits him right-handed. Derringer's first delivery is right through the middle for call strike. Fastball. Bit of a wind sweeping across the field. Blowing from right toward left. Scooping up a little of the dirt from the infield. Time called as Derringer's ready to pitch. Appling steps out of the batter's box. Perhaps the dirt stirred up a little dust that got into his eye. Now he's back in. One strike on him. Gets set to the pitch. Derringer throws a slow one. There's a drive going deep in the right field. Back goes Max West for it. He can't. He leaps against the ball. Can't get his ball bounced away from him. Halfling rounds first on his way to second. He holds up as he paints the third. Throw coming in from Billy Herman, who went out into right field. And West appears to be hurt. He leaped high against the right field wall, trying to spear that drive of Luke Athens. He's on the ground. Out goes Billy Herman. Several members of the National League squad. And from the American League bullpen, several of the boys there and the trainer, all going out into right field where Max West lies on the ground. 
He leaped high up against the wall, trying to get Halfling's drive. He couldn't get it, and apparently hurt himself as he banged into the barrier. Time has been called. Here goes Casey Stengel, selected by manager Bill McKechnie as one of the coaches. He and Doc Prothero of the Philadelphia Phillies to assist him in piloting the National League All-Star squad. West is on the ground in deep right field. Players are surrounding him so that we can't tell at the moment just how badly hurt, if at all badly hurt, is Max West. Time has been called while the players and the trainers go out to work on the Boston Bees outfielder. So far, the hero of the ball game with a tremendous home run into the center field stands with two men on base to give the National League their 3 nothing edge with Jay Hole at the moment. We're in the first half of the second inning. One out, and Luke Appling on second base having just doubled. Umpire Basil and umpire Stewart are standing out near second base talking things over. Tom Daly, coach of the Boston Red Sox, assisting Joe Cronin in piloting the American Leaguers, is talking to George Pipgrass, who is umpiring at first base. Ernie Lombardi is standing at the plate with his mask off, of course, tucked under his left arm, his mid-arm. And now West is up, walking around. And apparently he wasn't badly hurt, perhaps shaken up quite a bit as he banged into the wall. Players are still around talking to him. He has his cap off. Still out there talking to Max West. He's walking around trying to shake it off. Goes over, gets his cap, tucks his glove under his left arm. I don't know whether he's going to be able to remain in or not. I don't think he will. He's walking slowly in toward the National League dugout now. Then he stops for a moment. A couple of players talking to him. Apparently West believes that he's all right to continue and doesn't want to go out, but he's going to be taken out at any rate. Yes, there's Max West walking in now toward the National League dugout, and the replacement's going to be Mel Ott of the New York Giants. Captain of the Giants comes out of the National League dugout adjusting his sunglasses, Then he stops for a moment at the third base coaching line. Manager Bill McKechnie trotting in from right field coming in to talk to Artie. Artie's backing up the moment. We don't know just exactly what's going to happen. There's Artie going back into the National League dugout, followed by manager Bill McKechnie, and we'll see just exactly what's going to happen in a moment. Max West coming in, gets a nice hand now from the crowd as he approaches third base on his way into the National League dugout. Leo, manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, also is out. And while we're waiting for the replacement, looks like Bill Nicholson of the Chicago Cubs trotting out to replace West in right field. Let's pause very quickly for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. You're listening to the WBBM Air Theater, Wrigley Building, Chicago. Bill Nicholson of the Chicago Cubs, who was the late... Entry on the National League squad replacing Hank Lieber's in right field. Up to the plate now is Bill Dickey, Luke Appling on second base. The first pitch to Dickey is a call strike over the outside corner, knee high. First half, the second inning, National League leading 3 0. Dickey batting 220 on the season, hits him left handed. Appling comes off second, Paul Derringer takes a stretch to look at the runner. Pitches. Dickey swings, it's a ground ball out to second. Billy Herman comes up with it to throw over to Mize, is in time for the putout. Luke Appling moving on to third on the play. Dickey grounding out, second to first, Herman Demise. Two down, Appling on third, and the batter, Joe Gordon, of the New York Yankees, playing second base, a right-handed hitter, batting 250 on the season. 
Outfield moves around toward left for him. Hastings comes up the line from third. Derringer, full lined up. His pitch is inside and low for ball one. Play nothing on Joe Gordon. Lombardi crosses back to the plate to give the sign to Derringer to wind up. Gordon set. In comes the pitch. High for ball two. Two and nothing on Joe Gordon. Gordon has a look at Dell Baker, manager of the Detroit Tigers, who's coaching at third to get the sign. Derringer's ready to pitch. He throws. Gordon swings and he misses. Strike one. He took a terrific cut at it. Two and one the count on the Yankee second baseman. Luke Happing on third. Two men out. First half of second inning. The National League leading three to nothing. Derringer pitches. Gordon takes it inside over the inside corner. For a call, strike two is a fastball. Better high just nicked that inside corner. It's 2-2 on Gordon. He ducked away from it. Thought it was going to be inside. Empire reared and went up to the right hand. The 2-2 pitch. Swings and he misses. That's strikeout number three for Paul Derringer. And the American Leaguers are retired in the first half of the second inning without a run. No runs. One hit. A double by Luke Hapling up against the right field wall on which Max West was injured trying to make a leaping catch of the ball. No runs. One hit. No errors. One man left on base. And the score at the end of one and a half innings of the eighth annual All-Star Classic remains the National League three, the American League nothing. Coming up for the National League in the last half of the second inning will be Terry Moore, a great defensive outfielder for St. Louis Cardinals. And of course, he gets the hand as he throws up to the plate on the crowd here at Fort. In St. Louis. Terry Moore being one of the hometown boys. Paul Derringer will follow, and then will come Archie Bond, the leadoff man and shortstop for the National League. Seven men batted for the senior circuit in the last half of the first inning. There's a long throw down to second. Bill Dickey to Gordon. Flips it over to Appling, over to Red Ruffing, doing the pitching for the American League in the first three innings. And now Bucky Walters starts to warm up again for the National League in their bullpen just to the left of the foul line in deep left field. Terry Moore, bats him right-handed, hitting 265 on the season. Outfield over toward left point. Ruffing blows on his pitching hand, starts to wind up. Sidearm pitch swung on, fouled off. To the right of the plate, up into the upper deck for strike one. Ruffing has a new ball, rubbing up the cover of it. Looks in to get his sign from his old battery mate, Bill Dickey, crouching back to the plate. Ruffing has it. Pitches. Swung on, fouled high, up over the roof to the right of the screen for strike two. Peculiar thing just happened. And nobody on base, Ruffing took... The usual motion which pitcher takes when the runner is on first base. Looks in, he's doing it again. In comes the delivery. It swung on to pop fly and foul territory back to first. Jimmy Fox goes over under it waiting, and he takes it for the put out. And is one away from the National League in the last half of the second inning. Terry Moore fouling out to Jimmy Fox. And brings up Paul Derringer. Outstanding right-handed pitcher of the big league. Starting off the ball game for the National League this afternoon. Home Paul bats him right-handed. National Leaguers, of course, are tired in their home uniforms, being the home team this season. Ruffing's first pitch to Derringer. Swung on and missed, and Derringer swings his bat over toward the National League dugout. It slips out of his hands and almost punts Archie Vaughn on the noggin. He just did miss it. You could tell, perhaps, from the gasps in the crowd how 
how close Archie Vaughn came to being hit by the flying bat. Slipped from the hands of Derringer as he swung viciously past pitch, delivered by Red Ruffin. One strike on Paul. Outfield straight away. Ruffing taking a full windup now. Overhand pitch swung on and missed for strike two. One down, nobody on from the National League. Last half the second inning. Three to nothing to score favor of the National League. Nicky crosses, gives Red the sign. Ruffing's ready to deliver. Derringer sets. Pitch comes in. He swings and he misses for strike three. Two down. And that's the first strikeout recorded by Red Ruffing in the ballgame. Two away in the batter, Archie Vaughn, who started off the National League's rally in the first inning when his high bounder to second took an extra high hop over the head of Joe Gordon just as Joe was ready to field it and was scored as a base hit. Bats him left-handed. Outfield plays him straight away. Ruffing throws right through the middle for call strike. Billy Herman is on deck. Bat next if Vaughn gets on. Two away, nobody on base. In comes the pitch outside for ball one. That evens it up. One and one. A bit of a breeze blowing in from the outfield now, which serves to cool off the customers here this afternoon. It's really been a scorching day here in St. Louis. One and one the count on Archie Vaughn. Takes the next pitch high outside for ball two, and it's two and one on the Pirate shortstop. Swings that batsman down on the end of the handle. Doc Prothrow coaching at third for the National Leaguers. Casey Stengel at first. Slow pitch over the outside corner for call strike two. Long looks back at umpire Reardon as if question that. Said nothing. Steps back in. 2-2 the count on him. Ruff taking his time. Now he's ready to go. Throws low outside. Almost into the dirt for our ball three. We have a full count on Archie Vaughn. Three and two. Casey Stengel, manager of Boston Bees, coaching at first, rubbing his hands, creating a little fuss as he always does when he's out on the coaching lines. One of the most colorful characters in baseball. The payoff pitch. Swung on and missed for strike three, and Vaughn lost his balance. He swung around so hard. Two strikeouts in a row for Ruffing, and the National League has go down in order in the last half of the second inning. No runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left on base. The score at the end of two innings. The National League three, the American League nothing. Going into the first half of the third, Charlie Ruffing, the American League pitcher, will be the first man of the plate to be followed by Cecil Travis and Ted Williams. Ruffing there in the last half of the second. Retired two men by the strikeout route. Paul Derringer going down on strikes and Archie Vaughn following suit. The first man up was Terry Moore, who after fouling off the first two pitches and fouled one, which was handled by Jimmy Fox. Bucky Walters going in to pitch for the National League. Derringer just worked two innings, has retired, and Bucky Walters is now on the firing line. Paul Derringer worked his two innings with not much damage. He allowed one hit. That was... Toppling two-bagger there in the second inning. He retired. Only one other man was able to get on. That was Ted Williams, the second man up in the first inning. Rough. It's two innings. Loud one hit, one rough, and struck out three. Started roughing the batter. They're all set to go. Bucky Walters, the right-hander. Buck Newsom has started to warm up for the American Leaguers. Down in the right field bullpen. 
Walter's getting the signal now from Ernie Lombardi for the initial pitch here to Ruffing, who bats right-handed. He's winding up. Here's the first pitch, and it's strike one call. One strike on Charlie Ruffing. One strike. It's the first half of the third. The score three to nothing in favor of the National League. Here's the next pitch, and a ground ball going back out. Walters is after it. He gets it, makes the throw out at first. Walters to May. Charlie Ruffing grounded out Walters to May, so it's one away. And that brings up Cecil Travis, the American League's third baseman. Travis on his first pitch to the plate, and first inning picked on the first pitch to send the fly ball out to deep center. That's left-handed. All set to go. Ted Williams on deck. One man down. Walters winding up. Here's the first pitch to Travis. Strike one call. Looks like he was tempted on that one. He started to take a cut, changed his mind. Pitch was in there. It's all strike. One strike on Cecil Travis. Walters winding up. Here's the next pitch. And a ground ball foul to the right of the plate, making the count read two strikes. Two strikes. The bat boy seals that one. Tosses it off to Walters. One man down, nobody on. First half of the third. All of the scoring was done there in the last half of the first inning. And Max West hit us only with two on. Here's the next pitch ball, ball one. Two strikes, one ball is the count on Cecil Travis. With one man down, nobody on. The first half of the third, into his windup. Here's the next one. And there goes the drive going out to West Center. Medwick moves over, and he takes it for the second out. Cecil Travis ran out to Medwick in West Center. So it's two down. And Ted Williams, the Boston Red Sox, left fielder is up. Williams on his other trip to the plate, plate walk. That's left-handed. Two away. Then all the mound getting set. Here's the pitch, and it's a foul ball coming back on top of the stand. One strike on Ted Williams. The new ball is tossed in. Lavagetto rubs the ball up a little. Tosses it into Bucky Walters. Then we wind up for the next pitch. Here it is. And it's outside and high at the ball one. The count is even up. One and one. One ball and one strike. Gets his signal again. And here's the next pitch. And a ground ball going down to second base. Herman takes it on the hop. There's the throw out at first base. Herman is for the third out. Retiring the side. It was three up and three down there in the first half of the third inning for the American Leaguers. Charlie Ruffing, the first man up, hit a bounder back to Bucky Walter, who had to go over to his right a little, steal the ball, tossed him out at first base, and then Travis stepped up to the plate, he cracked one pretty hard out to left center, which Medwick took care of on the second out, and Williams rounded out Herman to Mike. The hits so far in the contest show four for the National Leaguers against one for the American Leaguers, and all four of the National Leaguers hits came in the first inning. Scored the three runs with the first three batters when Vaughn and Herman singled and Max West hit one into the right center field stand for a homer. Max in the very next inning was forced to retire from the ball game when he tried to make a leaping catch against the concrete wall out there of Luke Appling's hip and he came very near making a sensational catch. So far, West is the hero of this game as far as it's gone, and if he'd have happened to pull down that catch that he made out there, he'd really have his name established for the afternoon. He had the misfortune of having to retire after that. 
They're all set to go. Billy Herman, they should drop the set second baseman as they first started. That's right-handed. He had a single pass Travis on his other set in the first inning. Here's the pitch. Strike one. He swung at it. One strike. Billy Herman, the batter. He'll be followed by Bill Nicholson, also of the Cubs. He went in to replace Max West after he was injured. One strike on Herman. Ruffing's into his wind-up. Here's the next pitch. Got a ground ball back over his head. Going out to center field. Right. Lombardi batting, Ruffing's winding up, here's the pitch, 
And a fly ball going out to right field. Keller coming over fast. He's over. He's under it. And takes it. A nice running catch for the third out. Retiring the side. The results there in the last half of the third show. No run. One hit. And no errors. The score going into the fourth inning still reads American League nothing. National League is three. Joe Gordon again demonstrated in that half inning that he is a remarkable fielder. His play on that ground on that ground ball, Herman hit over back to second, on which Gordon almost nipped him at first, and again on the hard smash off the bat of Johnny Mize was reminiscent of the 1939 All-Star Game at the Yankee Stadium, and in a very tough spot, ball game very close, men in scoring positions. He went running headlong at full speed, glove hand outstretched over toward the right field foul line and made a one-handed catch of a line drive. Those of you who saw that game last year will certainly remember. Going into the first half of the fourth inning, Charlie Keller first up. Dave Phelps doing the catching now for the National Leaguers. Boilers throws. First pitch is fouled off to the right of the plate for strike one. Dave Phelps of the Brooklyn Dodgers. He's gone in back of the plate to replace Ernie Lombardi. Keller bats him left-handed. Struck out in the first inning. Paul Derringer with him. Lucky Walters is now falling on the mound from the National Leaguers. One strike. In comes the pitch. Fast one outside and low for ball one. The count is evened up on Keller at 1-1. Joe DiMaggio's on deck. Then will come Jimmy Fox. Outfield around toward left for Keller. Walters pitches. Keller swings the ground ball out to second. Billy Herman comes up with it. Throws to Mize. And Keller's out at first. For the American Leaguers in the first half of the fourth inning. Brings to the plate Joe DiMaggio. Now the Yankees, who grounded out pitcher to first, his first time up, this was in the first inning. Well, Walters looks in to get the signs and Phelps. DiMaggio, plate waiting. Pitch comes in inside for ball one. Cookie Lavagello at third is playing very close to the third baseline and deep. Herman at second, deep on the edge of the outfield grass, almost in behind second base. Why nothing to count on DiMaggio. He swings at the next pitch at the fly ball out into right field. Waiting for it is Nicholson under it, and he takes it for the out. Two down as DiMaggio flies Nicholson in right field. It appeared for a split second there that Joe was trying to duck away from the pitch. He started to swing, tried to hold back with his momentum, and carried his bat around, and at that, on a long drive to Nicholson in deep right field. Two down and Jimmy Fox up. Durham just struck Fox out in the first inning. In the second inning on Fox's first trip to the plate. Walter starts to wind up. First pitch to Fox. Swung on, fouled off. Into the screen, back to the plate for strike one. Umpire beans ridden, back to the plate. Gives Dave Fox a new ball. He fires it down to Rick and at third and then over to Walters. Lucky goes to Rosenbag, gives it a touch, comes back up on the hill. Fox standing in the batter's box, looking at the fat part of his bat. Now he's ready to go. Phelps crosses. Walters gets the sign. Two down. Here's the pitch. Swung on, and foul tipped into the midst of Phelps for strike two. Fox with a vicious cut. Two strikes on him. Two down, nobody on, first half to fourth, three-nothing, favor the National League. In comes the pitch, backing Fox away from the plate for ball one. Two and one the count on the mighty slugger of the Boston Red Sox. 
coaching his first. Cody Martin leaders in foul phase off the Red Sox coach. Following up the Sox, come on. Fox takes the next pitch high. Four ball two, and it's 2-2. Two, two. Sun bearing down. Out on those in the bleachers. Driving left in center field. Waller's working slow at the moment. Now he's ready. 2-2 two, two the count. He pitches. Fox swings. The ground ball out to short. Archie Vaughn takes on a big hop along throw to Mize in time for the putout. And that's all for the American League in the first half of fourth inning. Fox rounding out short to first. Vaughn to Mize. So there's no runs, no hits, no errors. Nobody left on base for the American League in the first half of fourth inning. Fourth and of three and a half innings remain. The National League three, the American League nothing. For the National League in the last half of fourth inning, it will be Joe Medwick, Cookie Lavagetto, and Terry Moore, the first three hitters. And facing them for the first time this afternoon will be Detroit sensational right-hander Buck Newsom. He's won 12 games in a row, losing his opening game and has won 12 since. We have a replacement back of the plate for the American League. Frankie Hayes of the Philadelphia Athletics, replacing Bill Dickey. Newsom and Hayes, the new battery now for the American League. Red Ruffing hits the first three innings for the American League this afternoon, allowed five hits. Issued no bases on ball, struck out two, and all three runs were scored while he was in there. Singled by Bond and Herman and a home run by Max West, giving the National League their edge right off the bat. Coming up is Joe Medwick. Fouled out to Jimmy Fox in the first inning. Fox making a nice play on the ball which is over near the barrier. Medwick bats him right-handed. Peel around toward left for him. Houston kicks the dirt, about to come the rubber. Ever a colorful character. Looks in to get his sign from Frankie Hayes, starts his wind-up. In comes his first pitch. It's going off the line drive. Right in the hands of out number one. Ledwick picking on the first pitch. Lined it into the hands of Gordon the second. One down. Brings up Cookie Navigetto. Brooklyn third baseman, right-handed hitter. Who popped to Gordon his first time up, which is in the first inning. One away. Nobody on. Last half the fourth. Three-nothing favor in the National League. Navigetto crosses over the plate. Houston comes in with a pitch swung on. It's a drive going out in the right field. Charlie Keller goes over, tapping his glove under it, and he makes the catch for the putout. Navigato fly to Charlie Keller. Had to run toward the foul line to make the catch. He stopped for a moment, then suddenly realized the ball was coming down a little further away from him and picked up speed to make the catch. Hustle Blake steps Terry Moore. Center fielder for the Cardinals and for the National League this afternoon. Right-handed hitter. Fouled out Fox his first time up in the second inning. Two down, nobody on. Houston comes in the first one to Moore. It's a fast one outside for ball one. One-nothing count. Buck looks in to get his sign from Hayes. He's ready to pitch. Moore takes it. Low for ball two. Two-and-nothing to count. Moore steps out of the batter's box, has a look at Doc Prothrow, Philadelphia Phillies manager coaching at third base. Prothrow is looking in at the National League bench to see what manager Bill McKechnie has to say. Newsom throws over the outside corner for call strike one. 
Two and one the count. On Terry Moore, two down, nobody on. Last half the fourth inning. National League ahead, three to nothing. Bust three bucks Newsom. Taking lots of time. He's ready to work now. Pitches, more swings. It's a fly ball out in the left field. Ted Williams going over toward the left field foul line. Stopping under it, and he makes the catch in fair territory, about two feet inside the foul line for the final out. Terry Moore applied to Ted Williams in left. So the National League is out in order in the last half of the fourth. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left on. And the score at the end of four complete innings remains the National League three, the American League nothing. First half of the fifth inning coming up. And Lou Kapling is scheduled to be the first hitter for the American Leaguers. He'll be followed by Frankie Hayes, who is now doing the catching for the American Leaguers. And then Buck Newsom, who is then on the mound doing the pitching. Buck took his three men there the first inning to face him. The last half of the fourth down in one, two, three order. The first pitch was a drive. It looks like Wyatt is coming in to do the pitching for Brooklyn, or rather for the National Leaguers, a member of the Brooklyn team. Wyatt coming in to do the pitching for the National Leaguers, a member of the Brooklyn Ball Club, pitches right-handed, so it's a Brooklyn battery in there now for the National Leaguers. Wyatt pitching with Dave Phelps catching, and they also have Lavagetto at third and Medwick in left field, so the Dodgers right at the moment have four players in the lineup. So the first man to face Wyatt here in the first half of the fifth inning will be Luke Appling, who has the only hit so far that the American Leaguers have in this contest, and that was a double in the second inning against the right field pavilion wall on the, that was on the play which Max West was forced to retire from the game after trying to make the catch, leaping into the wall, and was injured on the play. Wyatt is still taking his warm-up tosses with Phelps. The first half of the fifth inning. So far, both teams have fielded flawlessly. Not any bobbles being committed of any kind. The first play of the game out there was a high bounder, which was a play which we thought might be a question as to whether it was a hit or an error, although in my book, Gordon could have never fielded the ball the way it bounded and caught a runner at first base, even if he had to come down with the ball because he couldn't have landed in time to make the throw to get settled. First pitch to Appling, a strike one call. Luke Appling batting, Chicago White Sox, bats right-handed. Wyatt steps in on the mound. This is the third pitcher for the National Leaguers. All three have been, every pitcher in the game so far has been a right-hander. Wyatt's winding up, and here's the next one. Ball, it was high, one and one. One ball and one strike, the first half of the fifth. Wyatt steps over to the rosin bag and steps in on the mound to get his signal from Babe Phelps for the next pitch. Whitlow Wyatt is the man. He's into his wind-up. The count is one and one. Here it is, and a ground ball down the first baseline. Myers scoops up the ball, races over to the bag, making the put out unassisted. Appling grounded out to Myers unassisted. So it's one down, and that brings up Frankie Hayes, the Philadelphia athletic catcher. That's right-handed. Waiting now for Wyatt. Wyatt was over there to cover the bag in case Myers didn't have time to make the play himself. So he's strolling back into the rubber. One down, nobody on. The score, three to nothing in favor of the National Leaguers. It's the first half of the fifth. Step 
Dixon on the mound. He got his signal from Baseball for the initial pitch here to Frankie Hayes. One man down. Wyatt goes into his windup. Here it comes. Strike one call. That one caught the outside corner. One strike. Practically all of the hitting in this contest happened in the first inning. Wyatt's into his windup. Here's the next pitch. Ball outside and high. He was tempted for a moment. Looks like he was going to take a cut at it. One ball and one strike. One and one with one man down. This is Hayes' first appearance to plate since going into the game replacing Bill Dickey. Wyatt starts the old windup for the next one. Here's the pitch, and it's strike two. He swung at it. Two strikes and one ball is a count on Hayes. Two strikes, one ball. Frankie Hayes batting. Wyatt rubbing the gloves off the ball. Steps in on the mound. He got his signal once again from Babe Phelps. We're in the first half of the fifth inning with one man down. Into his windup. And here's the next pitch on a ground ball. Going down to Lavagetto. He takes it a big hop. There's the throw out at first. Lavagetto to Mize for the second out. Two away. And that brings up Joe Gordon. American Leaguer second baseman, Gordon on his other trip to the plate struck out. That was in the second inning against Paul Darrington. He didn't get a chance to face Bucky Waters. That's right-handed. Two away. Nobody on. Wyatt's in on the mound. He's into his wind-up, and here's the first pitch. Foul tip. That one glanced off from the umpire's sector. Bounced about halfway back out to Wyatt, and Beans Reardon... Looked the ball over, pronounced it okay, and it's tossed back to Wyatt. One strike is a count on Gordon with two down. Wyatt steps it on the mound. Getting the signal now from Phelps. Winding up for the pitch. Here it comes. Strike two. He took another cut. Two strikes on Joe Gordon. With two down and nobody on. The first half of the fifth. And on the mound, he got his signal once again. Starts his wind up here for the next pitch to Gordon. All inside. Two strikes and one ball. Two strikes, one ball of the count. Wyatt looks around at the outfield for the moment. Looks over to the bench. And Starts to get his signal from Babe Phelps. Winding up for the pitch. And it's strike three. Gordon went down swinging for the third out. Retiring the side. The results are in the first half of the fifth inning show. No run, no hit, and no error. That's four and one half inning. So now the umpires will start changing their positions. Basil calling balls and strikes and back to the plate. Stewart is moving over to first base. Tipgrass down to second and Beans Reardon working at third. The National Leaguers have several players warming up now. So the first batter for the National Leaguers here in the last half of the fifth inning will be Wyatt of the Brooklyn Dodgers. We notice Oscar Arch of the Dodgers, Merrill May of the Phillies, Eddie Miller of the Boston Bees, Frank McCormick of the Cincinnati Reds, 
And Joe Moore of the New York Giants are all down there limbering up. So it looks like about the end of this inning that we're liable to have a wholesale substitution list going in. We're all set to go wide batting. That's right-handed. First man. Newsom's into his windup for the initial pitch. Here it is. Inside ball one. One ball is a count. The umpires again are baseball with the American League calling balls and strikes. Stewart, the national first base. Fitzgerald, the American at second. Reardon, the national third. The next pitch is a call strike on Wyatt. So the count is even up one and one. One ball and one strike. The last half of the fifth inning. Into his windup. Here's the next one. Strike two. He took a cut at that one. Two strikes and one ball. Marky Vaughn on deck. Billy Herman will be the third batter. Two strikes, one ball. Newsom's getting the signal now from Frankie Hayes for the next pitch. Goes into his windup. He has a very peculiar windup. Here's the pitch. And it's a foul ball going into the stand. The lower tier to the right of the plate over and back to the... American Leaguers dugout. Count remains the same. Two strikes, one ball. The new ball was tossed into Buck Newsom. He's standing in back of the mound, picks up the rosin bag, rubs the ball up a little, comes in to get his signal from Hayes. Two strikes, one ball. This is the first man here in the last half of the fifth. He's into his windup. Here's the next pitch. Strike three calls. Wyatt called out on strike for the initial out, and that brings up Archie Vaughn, the Pittsburgh Pirate shortstop. Vaughn has been up there twice. He has one hit out of two trips. He started that three-run rally in the first inning. Bats left-handed with Billy Herman on deck. One man down, nobody on. That's the last half of the fifth inning. Newsom gets his signal from Hayes, winding up to the initial pitch to Vaughn. Here it comes. Wide, ball one. One ball is a count. Travis moved in rather close that time. Like he might be figuring that Vaughn might cross him up and lay one down. One ball is a count. He's into his windup. One away. Here's the next pitch. And there goes the fly ball going out to left field. Williams coming over just inside of the foul line. He takes it for the second out. Vaughn out on a fly to Ted Williams in left. So it's two away. And that brings up Billy Herman, the Chicago Cubs second baseman. So far, the leading hitter. In the ball game, he's been up there twice and has two hits. Getting a single in the first inning and another single in the third. A play in which Joe Gordon made a great stop of his grounder over and back to second base, but Herman beats the throw to first. There's two down, Herman batting, Nicholson on deck. Newsom's into his windup. Here's the pitch. He floated one up there that time, but the pitch was wide for ball one. One ball is a count. One man down, or two men down, rather. Two away. One ball is a count on Billy Herman. Here's the next one. Ball two outside and high. Two balls and no strikes. Two balls, no strikes. Houston strolls back to the mound. It's the last half of the fifth inning. The score is still three to nothing in favor of the National Leaguers. He's into his windup for the next pitch to Billy Herman, and it's a ground ball going out to right field for hit number three. Billy Herman comes up with his third hit, a single out to right field, a ground single between first and second, and it's three out of three for Herman. That brings up Bill Nicholson of the Chicago Cubs playing right field for the National Leaguers. That's left-handed. 
On his other trip to the plate, he was out when Keller raced over into the bullpen down the right field line to make a nice catch on his fly ball. Herman on second, two down. Newsom steps in on the mound, getting set. Here's the pitch. Foul ball in back of the plate for strike one. Johnny Mize on deck. Two down. Herman on first base. Nicholson batting with Mize on deck. Newsom steps in on the mound. Getting a signal now. From Hayes, goes into his stretch, he's all set for the pitch, here it is, and there goes the drive, looks like it might be pretty close to the wall, now it's about five feet in front of the wall, it's taken out there in right field for the third out, retiring the side. The result, in the last half of the fifth inning, no run, one hit, and no errors. This boy Keller has had quite a day out there in right field for the American Leaguers. He's had four or five put out, making a couple nice catches. The score going into the first half of the sixth inning still reads three to nothing in favor of the National League. As we go into the first half of the sixth inning, manager Bill McKechnie of the Cincinnati Reds, who's piloting in the National League entry this year, is making some wholesale substitutions. So far, we've seen go out onto the field. Eddie Miller to replace Archie Vaughn at shortstop. Pete Koskarad Miller, of course, the Boston Bees. Pete Koskarad of the Brooklyn Dodgers replacing Billy Herman at second base. Frank McCormick going in at first base to replace Johnny Mize, McCormick of the Cincinnati Reds. And incidentally, up until this ball game, Frank McCormick, from his freshman year in the big leagues, had played every inning of every all-star game, which he's participated, and he's participated in every one since he's been in the big league. But Johnny Mize started today, but McCormick is right back in there. Over third base, Merrill May of the Philadelphia Phillies is replacing Cookie Lavagetto. In the outfield, in left field, we see Joe Moore of the New York Giants replacing Ducky Medwick. Looks like Terry Moore still in center field. And over in right field, looking through the screen, looks to be Mellot, captain of the New York Giants. There are your changes. Whitlow White still pitching for the National League. Babe Phelps catching a Dodger battery. Out of the Giants in right, Terry Moore of the Cardinals in center. Joe Moore of the Giants in left. Merrill May of the Philadelphia Phillies at third. Eddie Miller of the Boston Bees at short. Pete Costarard of the Brooklyn Dodgers at second. And Frank McCormick of the Cincinnati Reds at first base. Three to nothing is a score favor of the National League. First half of the sixth inning. Larry French, by the way, is warming up for the National Leaguers in the National League bullpen. Up to the plate, starting off the first half of six for the American League, is Buck Newsom. It's a right-handed. Whitlow White starts the wind-up. First pitch to Newsom is a fast one high for ball one. Newsom's a pretty good hitter for pitcher. One time this season, he had a perfect day down in Washington, of which he was very proud. Swings that bat down on the end of the handle. White gets his sign from Phelps. In comes the pitch. Strike one, it's called right through the middle, letter high. The cheer you just heard was an announcement that Terry Moore of the Cardinals would remain in center field over the loudspeaker here, which the St. Louis fans naturally cheered. One and one, the count on Newsom. Three nothing, National League, first half of sixth inning. Wyatt's pitch is swung on to line drive in the right field, falling in there safely for a base hit. Mallott takes on one hop, throws in the Costarard at second. And Newsom lines a single to right for the second hit obtained by the American League so far in the ballgame. Brings to the plate Cecil Travis. 
Washington Center to third baseman, left-handed hitter, who in two trips to the plate, slide to center in the first inning and line to left in the third. Wyatt looks in, takes his stretch. Newsom has a stroll off first. In comes the pitch. Strike one, it's called. Fast one, bugs the knees through the middle. Merrill made thirds in close. Outfield, touch toward left, almost straight away. Wyatt working slowly, steps on. Newsom inches off first base. In comes the pitch. Travis takes it low inside for ball one. One and one the count. Ted Williams is on deck. First half, sixth inning with the National League leading three to nothing. Getting all their runs in the first inning. Singles by Vaughn and Herman and a home run by Max West. Stretch by Wyatt. Pitch outside for ball two. Two and one the count on Cecil Travis. Wyatt's taking plenty of time. Larry French still warming up for the National League with Harry Danning of the Giants. Wyatt pitches. Travis swings, fouls it off to the left of the plate. Up against the lower boxes. Strike two. Two to the count. Kenny Keltner, Cleveland Indians third baseman, is warming up in the American League bullpen. Will probably go in at third base. Replace Cecil Travis now batting. 2-2 the count on Travis. Nobody out. Buck Newsom on first. With low wide, taking a lot of time. He's ready to go. Stretch. The pitch is high for ball three. And we have a full count on Travis now. Three and two. Eddie Miller. Short for the bees. Comes in a few paces. Kicks the dirt. Very fine fielding shortstop. Infield is in a few paces in double play position. The opportunity presents itself. The 3-2 pitch comes in, swung on to ground ball, out to Karskarar, to Miller, Miller, to McCormick, and it's... Cecil Travis hitting into a double play. Second to short to first, Karskarar to Miller, to McCormick. And that nips in the bud a potential American League rally here in the first half of sixth inning with the National League ahead 3 to nothing. Two down, nobody on, and Ted Williams the batter. Williams walked in the first inning, grounded out the second and the third. No hits. One official trip to the plate. Bats him left-handed. Wyatt's first pitch is swung on to ground ball out the second. Karskarar takes on the big hop. Throws to McCormick, and Williams is out at first. Second to first. Karskarar to McCormick. And so for the American League in the first half of sixth inning, no runs, one hit, no errors, and nobody left on base. Buck Newsom lining a single right to get the second American League hit of the afternoon. The first one coming in the second inning when Luke Appling doubled off the right field wall. The play on which Max West almost made a sensational catch, but only succeeded in taking himself up somewhat as he banged up against the wall and had to leave the ball game. Kenny Keltner is going in to play third base for the American League to replace Cecil Travis. And out in left field, replacing Ted Williams, is Hank Greenberg of the Detroit Tigers. To make those two changes on your scorecard, you're going to have a change in right field. Be Lou Finney of the Boston Red Sox, replacing Charlie Keller. Lou Finney, the Boston Red Sox, going to right field. Hank Greenberg to left field, replacing... Ted Williams. Joe DiMaggio remains in center field. Kenny Keltner of the Cleveland Indians takes over third base, replacing Cecil Travis. 
Luke Appling remains at short. Joe Gordon at second. Jimmy Fox at first. So here's your American League lineup again very quickly. Newsom pitching. Hayes catching. Fox at first. Gordon second. Appling at short. Kelton at third. Greenberg in left field. DiMaggio in center. And Lou Penny in right field. There are your changes. Which is holding up the ball game momentarily. The umpire back to the plate. Now Steve Basil gets them. And Bobby Feller starts to warm up in the American League bullpen. As we go into the last half of the sixth inning of the National League leading three to nothing, Frank McCormick comes up for his first time in the ball game, replacing Johnny Mize at first base. McCormick bats him right-handed. Newsom starts to wind up. First pitch to McCormick is swung on. It's a pop fly high into the air toward third base. Kenny Keltner shading his eyes from the sun under it. And he makes the catch just outside the foul line so that it's caught in foul territory for the first out. One down. That brings to the plate Babe Phelps, Brooklyn Dodger catcher, who replaced Johnny Lombardi, the starting catcher for the National League this afternoon. Phelps bats them left-handed. Outfield straight away for him. Newsom looks in to get the sign from Frankie Hayes. Starts his wind-up. Sidearm pitch outside for ball one. Young Bob Feller warming up in the American League bullpen. Larry French, a left-hander, warming up in the National League in the senior circuit bullpen out along left field. One and nothing count on Babe Phelps. In comes a slow floater. Outside for ball two. Crowd gets a kick out of Newsom when he throws that slow floater up there. And Newsom registers disgust every time that floater doesn't get in there for his called strike. In comes his pitch, a fastball over the outside corner for a call strike. It's 2-1 now on Bay Phelps. One down, nobody on, last of the sixth. National League leading 3 to nothing. It's been a nip and tuck struggle since the very first inning when the National League scored their three. The pitch is inside for ball three. And the count now on Phelps is 3-1. Babe had to step away from that one. Houston turns, looks at his outfield now. Wipes his brow with his sleeve of his left hand on his left arm. Ready for the 3-1 pitch. Phelps gets set. In it comes. It's low inside for ball four. And Phelps walks. That's the first base on balls given up by Newsom since he took over pitching for the American League at the start of the fourth inning. Up to the plate steps Joe Moore of the New York Giants who replaced Joe Medwick in left field. Joe Joe bats him left-handed. Medrick went hitless in two trips. Joe Moore is up in place of Medrick now. With belts on, first base, one away. Houston takes the stretch. In comes the pitch to Moore. Call strike. Fastball knee high through the middle. Outfield straight away for Joe Joe. He doesn't pull him. It's a lock to left, left center. Houston studies. The batter takes a stretch. Phelps leads off first. In comes the pitch swung on, fouled off to the left of our CBS booth into the stands in the upper deck. A man stood up and made a catch for of it for a souvenir. Crowd around him, gave him a nice little hand. Two strikes on Joe Moore. Houston goes to the Rosenbank, gets the touch. One away. Last half the sixth inning with Babe Phelps on first. One down. Low stretch by Newsom. Pitches fouled off up to the screen. Back to the plate. Rolling right on 
Burdick is Merrill May of the Philadelphia Phillies who replaced Cookie Lavagetto at third base in the first half of the sixth inning. Two strikes on Joe Moore. Chokes up on that bat about two inches. Phelps throws off first. Again, Newsom takes a stretch. Look at the runner. Pitch. Outside. Ball one. One and two the count on the New York Giants. Left fielder Joe Moore. Hank Greenberg out in left field now. Joe DiMaggio in center and Lou Penny in right. Larry French is warming up still. Bearing down. Bob Peller just limbering up. Here comes the pitch. Swung on. It's a pop fly. Curving into foul territory. Back to third. Keltner goes over, shading his eyes from the sun, and he makes the catch for the put out. And they're two away. Joe Moore fouling out to Kenny Keltner for the second out of the end. Both outs. Incidentally being foul out to Keltner. Up to the plate steps Merrill May. Hard-hitting right-hander of the Philadelphia. And with May up to the plate, Doc Potro with Philadelphia Phillies. May's manager is coaching at third. Shouting words of encouragement up to his boy. One nothing count on May. Stretch by Newsom Phelps leading off first. Pitch comes in, swung on and missed for strike one. That evens it up on May at one and one. Three to nothing. Favor the National League. Last half the sixth inning. Newsom again ready to go. Here comes the pitch. Fast one high for ball two. Two and one the count. On Merrill May. Terry Moore on deck. Houston decides to stop just for a little while. Tucks his glove up under his left arm. Goes back to the Dawson bag. Puts out the outfield as usual. Comes back from the hill now. He's ready to go. And that's close stretch of his. The pitch inside. Ball three. And it's three and one on May. Frank Hayes catching for the American Leagues now. Walks two places out toward the mound before returning the ball to Newsom. Hollers something to him. Back behind the plate. Goes in his cross to give Newsom the sign. Three-one pitch about to be served up. Phelps leading off first. Here's the pitch swung on, fouled off. High back of first over the roof between the arc lights. For the second strike. We have a full count now on Merrill May. Three and two. Two down. Phelps on first. Babe will be ready to break for second on the pitch. Houston again taking time. Wants to be sure of his pitch if he can. Bobbles the ball around his glove. Steps on, takes a slow stretch. Phelps gets off, ready to break for second. There he goes. The pitch comes in, swung on to drive out into center field. Joe DiMaggio, under it, waiting, taps his glove, and he makes the catch for the put out. And that's all for the National League in the last half of sixth inning. No run. No hits. No errors. One man left on base. Dave Phelps who had walked. And with the ball game, two-thirds over. Score remains. The National League, three. The American League, nothing. And going into the first half, seventh inning, France lost. And Hank Danning of the New York Giants is going in now to do the catching for the National Leaguers. Larry French comes the Chicago Cubs. Coming in on the mound to do the pitching. And the first batter in the first half of the seventh inning will be Lou Finney of the Boston Red Sox. He'll be followed by DiMaggio and Fox. 
the first half of the seventh, and the score still reads three to nothing. There's a lot of fans here standing in the first half of the seventh, which means that it looks like our audience is about 50-50, American League rooters and National League rooters. We can judge that a little better in the last half and we'll see how they stand up for the National League. Of course, some of them stand up for both, so they'll be up in the... Uh, Greenberg, rather, is going to be the first batter here. Greenberg is the first batter for the American League, be followed by Sonny. That's right-handed. French winding up. Here's the first pitch on its outside and high for ball one. French starts his wind-up. Here's the next pitch. Frank one. He took a cut at it. One and one. One and one is the count on Hank Greenberg. French steps in on the mound, starts his wind-up for the next pitch to Hank Greenberg, a right-handed batter. And it's a high foul coming to the right of the plate. Danning is back after it, under it. He makes the catch for the out. Greenberg fouled out to Danning. That brings up Joe DiMaggio. Conan coming out from the bench. Joe DiMaggio, the batter. Joe Conan was out to talk to the umpire. Looks for a moment like there's a little mix, mix up in the lineup. DiMaggio bats right-handed. French is in on the mound. Goes into his wind-up for the initial pitch. Here it is, and it's a high fly going out. And back to the mound, deep right back to the baseline, and Eddie Miller takes it for the second out. DiMaggio out on a high fly to Eddie Miller, the National League shortstop. So it's two down. That brings up Jimmy Fox, the American League's first baseman. That's right-handed with two down and nobody on the first half of the seventh inning. The National League is leading by a score of three to nothing. Fox bats right-handed. Larry French steps in on the mound. He got his signal from Danning. Goes into his wind-up for the first pitch here to Fox. Here it comes. Strike one calls. One strike on Jimmy Fox. One strike. The first half of the seventh inning. Bobby Feller still warming up for the American Leaguers. Down in the right field bullpen. French is winding up. Here's the pitch inside and high. Making the count read one and one on Fox. One ball and one strike. One and one. Luke Appling on deck in the first half of the seventh inning. French gets his signal into his wind-up. And here's the next pitch. And there goes the drive going out to deep center. Terry Moore going back. He takes it for the third out, retiring the side. Fox lined out to Terry Moore in deep center. The results there in the first half of the seventh inning show no runs, no hits. No errors, and the score still reads three to nothing as we go into the last half of the seventh inning. What is 
commonly known as the old lucky stretch inning. And it looks like they're coming up again. So I would say this crowd is about 50-50 National Leaguers and American Leaguers after watching if they stretch is any criterion. Bobby Feller is coming in to do the pitching for the Yanks. We better say for the American Leaguers, not the Yanks. The American Leaguers there, Newsom, pitched three innings, allowed one hit, walked one, struck out one. Didn't allow any runs. Wyatt worked two innings, allowed one hit, didn't walk any, and struck out one man. Bobby Feller of the Cleveland Indians now on the firing line for the American Leaguers. Right-hander. Hemsley doing the catching. Feller and Hemsley. Bobby Feller and Raleigh Hemsley of the Cleveland Indians are now the battery for the American Leaguers. And the first man up for the National Leaguers here in the last half of the seventh inning is Terry Moore, center fielder, the St. Louis Cardinals. This is Terry's third appearance at the plate. He hasn't any hits so far. That's right-handed. Bobby Feller steps in on the mound. Getting a signal now from Raleigh Hemsley for the initial pitch here to Terry Moore. Goes into his wind-up. Here it is. And it's strike one call. Moore fainted as if to bunt, changed his mind, and it was a called strike. One strike, Terry Moore batting. The first batter here for the National Leaguers in the last half seven. Here's the next pick, ball inside, low, going clear on back to the stands, and new ball goes into the game. One and one, that one was low in the dirt, ball got away from Hensley. Fellow rubs up that new ball. Steps in on the mound to get his signal from Raleigh Hemsley for the next pitch to Terry Moore. The last half of the seventh inning, the National League is still leading by a score of three to nothing. He's into his windup for the pitch. Here it comes. Foul tip, strike two. Two strikes and one ball. And he really fogged that one in. Two strikes, one ball is a count. It's the last half of the seventh. The hits are two for the American Leaguers and six for the National Leaguers so far. The National Leaguers had four of those six hits in the very first inning when they scored three runs. Had three runs in before a man was retired. Two singles and a homer by Max West. Fellers in on the mound. Goes into his windup for the pitch. Ball two outside. Moore was tempted. He came very near swinging. Two and two is the count. Two balls and two strikes. The first batter for the National Leaguers. The last half of the seventh. Larry French is on deck. He's into his windup. And here's the next pitch. Ball three outside and low. Three and two. Three balls and two strikes on Terry Moore. Casey Stengel, manager of the Boston Bees, coaching down on the first baseline. Still have Doc Crotho, manager of the Phillies, coaching a third. Three and two is the count. This is the one that tells the story. Something should happen this time one way or another. He's into his windup. Here it is. All four wide, and Terry Moore gets free transportation. That brings up Larry French of the Chicago Cubs. 
pitching for the National Leaguers. With Eddie Miller on deck. Larry French, that's right-handed. Terry Moore on first base, nobody down. Ken Keltner moves in close. Expecting that bunt, which he'll more than likely get. Muller steps in on the mound. Into his stretch. All set for the first pitch to French. There it is. And he bunts one. Going down the first base line. Jimmy Fox fields the ball. Out at first. Fox to Gordon, who covered the bag of sacrifice. Putting Terry Moore down on second. One away. Terry Moore down on second base. And Eddie Miller of the Boston Bees is the batter. Playing shortstop for the National Leaguers. That's right-handed. And he'll be followed by Pete Koskarard of the Brooklyn Dodgers. The last half of the seventh inning with a score reading three to nothing. There's one away. Terry Moore down on second base. Feller steps in on the mound, getting a signal from Raleigh Hemsley here for the first pitch to Eddie Miller, a right-handed batter. All set. Here it comes. And a foul ball coming back into the fans, the upper deck and back to the plate for strike one. One strike, a new ball was tossed in the feller. He's rubbing the gloss off of it before stepping in on the mound to get his signal. The last half of the seventh inning. Back in on the mound. Terry Moore down on second base. One away. Up goes the arm. All set for the pitch. Here it comes. Oh, it was inside. One and one. One ball and one strike. One and one is the count on Eddie Miller. We'll have Terry Moore down on second base. That was uh, the second walk to be issued by American League pitchers there when Terry Moore walked. Here's the next pitch. Ball two. It was wide and outside. The other man to walk was Babe Phelps in the sixth inning. Buck Newsom issued that one. Two balls and one strike is the count. Eddie Miller batting. With Terry Moore still down on second base and one man down. Miller still going on the mound. Getting a signal now from Raleigh Hensley for the next pitch here to Eddie Miller. Here it is. And a foul ball coming back on top of the stand. And the count is even up once again. Two and two. Two and two. Umpire Basil dusting the plate. Two and two is the count on Eddie Miller. The right-handed batter. Man on second base and one man down. Score three to nothing National League. It's the last half of the seventh. Miller steps it on the mound. Cutting a signal now for the next pitch. Up goes the arm. All set for the delivery. Here it comes. Strike three. Miller went down swinging for the second out. Eddie Miller struck out. That brings up Pete Koskarart. A Brooklyn Dodger second baseman. This is his first appearance at the plate since replacing Billy Herman at second. That's right-handed. He'll be followed by Mellon. The last half of the seventh was two away. Terry Moore on second base. Fuller steps in on the mound. Here's the first pitch. Foul ball back against the screen for strike one. One strike is a count on Pete Koskarai. 
two down. They'll have Terry Moore down on second base. He was the first man up. Walked. Larry French sacrificed him down to second. And then Eddie Miller struck out for the second out. One strike on Cusker Fellers in there. Here's the next one. Foul and back to the plate for strike two. Two strikes. Keeps umpire Basil busy tossing in new balls. Two strikes. Two down. And a man on second. Falling around the dirt in front of the mound for the moment. Steps in on the rubber. Getting a signal from Hensley. Two strikes is the count on Cusker up goes the arm, takes a glance down to second base. He's all set. Here's the pitch. Ball high. Two strikes and one ball. Two strikes, one ball. In the last half of the seventh inning. Two away. Getting a signal now from Hemsley. Into each stretch again. And here's the next pitch. Another foul in back of the plate. And the count remains the same. Two strikes, one ball. Neither team has made a fielding bobble in this contest. And the hits are six for the National League, two for the American League. Appling and Buck Newsom getting the hits for the American Leaguers. He's in on the mound. And here's the next one. Strike three, call. Custer Art called out on strike. For the third out, retiring the side. The results there in the last half of the seventh inning show no runs, no hits, no errors, and one man left on base. And the score now going into the first half of the eighth inning is still three to nothing in favor of the National Leaguers. This is the Columbia. This is the WBBM Air Theater, Wrigley Building, Chicago. St. Louis, getting ready to go into the first half of the eighth inning with the National League leading the American League three to nothing. Luke Appling will lead off for the American League, be followed by Raleigh Hemsley and then Joe Gordon. Appling, that's him right-handed. He's had one of the American League's two hits, the doubles to right in the second inning. Grounded out to first, unassisted in the fifth. French's first pitch turn is swung off the line drive in the right field, falling there safely for a base hit. Fielded on one hop by Mel Otto in to Pete Koskrad at second. Appling holds up at first before his second hit of the afternoon and the third American League hit. So far, the American League has had only one man to reach second, and that was Appling when he doubled. Harry Danning talking to umpire Basil back of the plate. Up to the plate now steps Raleigh Hemsley. That's a right-handed. Happening on first, stretch by French. That's the runner. Pitch. Hemsley swings, fouls it off to the right of the plate, coming down into the lower stands for strike one. Kirby Higby is warming up for the National League in the bullpen, and Carl Hubble of the New York Times. Raleigh Hemsley, the hitter. Nobody out. First half, the eighth inning. One man on. Three to nothing. Favor of the National League. Appling takes his lead off first. McCormick on the bag. Hold him on. 
pitch. Going on, popped high in the air. Back of the plate, Harry Danning. Hundred waiting, and he makes the catch for the foot out just to the right of the plate in foul territory. And there's one away. Hemsley fouling out to Danning. One down. Time called a moment by umpire Steve Basil. Going to have a pinch hitter for Joe Gordon. It's Ray Mack of the Cleveland Indians. Half of that sensational three-stone combination of Cleveland, Boudreau, and Mack. It's Ray Mack coming in to bat in place of Joe Gordon. It's a right-hander. Happening on first, one away. Larry French, left-hander, takes his stretch pitches. Mack swings. It's a slow roller. Serving foul down the third baseline. Fielded by Adele Baker, manager of the Detroit Tigers. Strike one on Ray Mack. Bobby Feller is the next scheduled hitter. National League leading 3 to nothing. It's the first half of the eighth inning. French blows on the pitching hand. Steps on the hill, looks in. Danning crosses, giving the sign. Outfield over toward left for Mack. French takes a stretch. Look at Appling the pitch. Sort of hit foul off back to play unintentionally by Ray Mack. He started to hold back the ball, hit his bat, and found it fouled in the stand for strike two. Merrill May gets the new ball thrown down the third and hands it over to French, rubbing up the cover, looking into place. Mack bends the knees, crouching over the plate, swings the bat from down on the end of the handle. French is ready to go. Appling moves off first. In comes the pitch. Outside and high for ball one. One and two the count on Ray Mack. First half of the eighth inning. The National League leading three to nothing, having scored all their runs in the first inning when Vaughn and Herman single and West at a home run. French looks in, getting his sign, has his stretch. In comes the pitch. Outside for ball two. Two-two. French had Mack in the hole, two strikes on him, then affording to, could afford to waste off a couple, trying to get Mack to go after the pitch he wanted him to. Both wide of the mark, so it's 2-2 on the Cleveland second baseman. In comes the pitch. He final tips it into Danning's mitt for strike three. You go down to first, but Appling's back safely. Mack strikes out. Strikeout number one for Larry French. Two down. First half of the eighth inning for the American Leaguers. And it's Bobby Feller's turn to hit. Bob comes out, stops in the batter circle to dust his bat with the batter's rosin bag. Gets a nice hand from the crowd as you hear in the background and throws up the hit. Two away, Luke Capping on first. Bob Feller the hitter, Kenny Keltner on deck. Second Cleveland player in a row to come up, third one in a row to come up. Hemsley, Mack, and now Feller. French's first pitch is through the middle for call strike. I feel over toward left for Feller. French taking plenty of time. Looks in to get his sign from Hank the Horse. Is that long stretch of his? Looking at the runner, then pitches. High outside for ball one. And it's one and one on Bob Feller. Tommy Bridges warming up in the American League bullpen. 
Hubble and Higby still doing bullpen duty in the National League bullpen out in left field. When I'm on the count on fella, Appling moves off first. The pitch is swung on and missed for strike two. One and two. On young Bob, fireball fella. Andy Miller raises his glove up over his eyes, looking up into the sun to see how it's going to affect him in case Feller should pop one up in his direction. Larry French, left-hander, Chicago Cubs, working for the National League on the mound, comes in there with the pitch, he's swung on and missed for strike three. And that's all for the American League in the eighth inning. No runs, one hit, no errors, one man left on base. And the score at the end of seven and a half innings remains the National League three, the American League nothing. Strikeout number two for French. And the American League so far still has been able to get more than one man as far as second base. And that came in the second inning when Luke Appling, who's had two of the American League three hits, lined a double off the right field wall. That was the first hit, incidentally, for the American Leaguers. The second one was obtained by Buck Newsom in the sixth inning second American League pitcher, and the third hit obtained by Appling in the eighth inning. American Leaguers have been stifled with the power so far by Paul Derringer, Bucky Walters, Whitlow White, and now Larry French. We have a replacement out at shortstop for the American League, Lou Boudreau, of the Cleveland Indians, has gone out to short to replace Luke Appling, and so now we have... On the field, Cleveland's outstanding second-base combination. Now to pit for the two boys that have helped Cleveland no end this year in their battle for honors in the American League. Luba draw short and Ray Mack is second. Mel Ott leads off for the National League in the last half of the eighth inning. Fellers' first pitch to Ott is inside, backing Mel away from the plate for ball one. Make that change on your scorecard. Put Luba draw at short and Ray Mack at second. Placing Applin and Gordon respectively. Fellers' next pitch is inside to Ott, backing away again for ball two. Frank McCormick on deck, will come Harry Danny. Ott bats him left-handed. Outfield straight away for Ottie. He's been hitting a lot to left center and center. In comes the pitch outside. For ball three, and it's three nothing on us. The Giants captain stoops over, pick up a little dirt, has a look at Doc Prothro coaching at third. Rainy sign might be passed along his way. Three nothing pitch is high for ball four, and off walk. One of Merrill's specialties, he received more bases on balls than any other player in the National League since he's been in the. National pastime in the big top. Buck Newsom, or rather, Buck McCormick, Frank McCormick, first baseman of the Cincinnati Reds, the hitter, bats him right-handed. Nobody out. Mel out on first. Outfield shifts over toward left. Time caught for a moment. McCormick steps right out of the batter's box. And as quickly as we said that, he's right back in. Feller gets his sign from Hemsley, takes the stretch. Look at out leading off first pitches through the middle for call strike. Belt high. Hank Greenberg out in deep left, looking up into the sun to see how it's going to affect his eyes. Case one sit out his way. Joe DeMarjo's in center. Lou Finney in right. Ott moves off first. 
So it takes his stretch pitches. It's a bunt down the third baseline. In comes Kelton fast. The throw's over to first. The clock's in time for the out with Ott going down the second. Formick sacrificing Ott to second. And is out. Kelton to Fox. One down. Ott now in scoring position. Up to the plate comes Ott's fellow teammate, Harry Danning. Currently the batting leader of the National League. Been playing a sensational game all season. Stamped himself as one of the finest backstops in the Major League. It's a right-handed. Outfield touch over toward left. Stretched by Feller. Out moves off second. Feller throws. Danning swings. The throw comes in, but it's wide of the mark. Ott scores, and the ball gets away from Hensley, and Danning moves on down to second base. And the National League goes out in front, four to nothing. Hank Danning, driving one on the ground between first and second in the right field for a base hit, gets ready for a run driven in. Gets a single, and there's an error for Hemsley on the play on Finney's throw of the plate in an effort to nip Ott coming in with a fourth National League run. Hemsley lets the ball get away from him, enabling Danning to go down to second. A single to right for Danning, moving down to second on the error by Hemsley. A run batted in for Harry, and the National League is lead now by a score of four to nothing. Jojo Moore is up to the plate. The New York Giants bats him left-handed. Stretched by Feller. Outfield straight away the pitch. One run and miss for strike one. And once again, Harry Danning has demonstrated how powerful and how dangerous a man he is up at the plate, as he has been all year with runners on those bases. Feller again has a stretch. In comes pitch to Joe Moore, who swings, pops one foul off back to third, just underneath the roof into the upper deck for strike two. May on deck. No more of the batter. Tommy Bridges still warming up in the American League bullpen. And Carl Hubble still warming up in the National League bullpen. Kirby Higby has stopped his limbering up exercises. Stretch by Feller. The pitch high inside. Ball one. Two and one to count. Just as the pitch came in, Luke Woodrow at short went over on to second base. Be in position to take the throw in an effort to catch Danning off the base, leaving shortstop wide open, but pitch was high inside. So it's one and two on Joe Moore. One away, last half of the eighth inning, four to nothing, favor the National League. Fourth run having come in this inning. The pitch is fouled off against the screen. Still one and two. Teller goes back to the Rawson bag, looking out in the outfield. Doc Prothro pacing to and fro in his third base coaching spot. Casey Singles doing the same at first base. Fuller's ready to come back into action. One and two on Joe Moore, one down. Danning on second. Stretch by Fuller. In comes the pitch. Moore swings the ground ball down to Mize at first. Rather, Foxy throws over to pitcher who covers Bobby Fuller. For the second out with Danning moving down to third on the play. Joe Moore grounding out. Fox. Two fellow who covered the bag. Danning went to third on the place, so we have two down. And the batter, Merrill May, Philadelphia Phillies third baseman, bats the right hand. Feller comes out in front of the mound and digs that little hole, which is characteristic of his pitching. Those of you who've ever watched him pitch, I've seen him do that countless times. Takes a full wind up, 
first pitch to May. Inside, all backing May away from the plate. It breathes his shirt. Does umpire Steve Basil and Merrill May is put on first base, having been hit by a ball. He ducked away from it. Just breathes his shirt. And now the National Leaguers have two men on. Merrill May on first, Harry Dining on third, and Terry Moore, the St. Louis Cardinals, always a favorite here nationally at Sportsman's Park because he is the St. Louis Cardinal, one of the hometown boys. Always gets a nice hand as he comes to the hit. Dining on third. May on first, two outs, last half of the eighth inning, 4 nothing in favor of the National League. Terry Moore, batter right-handed, first pitch he ducks away from for ball one. Dropped right to the ground, sat down hard. Moore steps down to the batter's box. That's his sweep for the best part of his bat. Tommy Bridges has just finished his warming up in the American League bullpen. May moves off first, standing short lead off third, stretched by Feller. In comes the pitch, Terry Moore fouls it off to the right of the screen, into the upper deck, and the gentleman stands up and makes a bare-headed, one-handed catch for a souvenir, the eighth annual All-Star game. One and one the count on Terry Moore. Four-nothing, National League, last the eighth inning. Terry Moore digs in. Feller comes in there with his pitch. It's fouled back to the screen for strike two. One of Bob's set pitches, high, hard one. Terry Moore went after, but managed to get only part of his bat on it, enough to foul it back. One and two the count. Outfield, straight away for Terry Moore. Stands in close to the plate, deep in the batter's box. Danning comes off third, May off first. There he goes to second. The pitch is swung on, hit foul down the third baseline, and one hop into the hands of Doc Coco. One and two still on Terry Moore. Merle May broke for second on the pitch, but it was foul. Comes back to first. Jimmy Fox on the bag. Now May moves off. Danning has short lead off third. Bob Teller takes a stretch. Here's the pitch. He swings and he misses. Does Terry Moore for strike three? That's the third strikeout registered by Feller since he went in the seventh inning and the two innings in which he's pitched. That's all for the National League at the end of the eighth inning. One run, one hit, no error, one error, Raleigh Hemsley's error, and two men left on base. That was the first error of the ball game, by the way, when Hemsley let Benny's throw at the plate got away from him. So the score at the end of eight innings is now the National League four, the American League nothing. American League, no runs, three hits, one error, and three men left on base in eight innings. The National League, four runs, seven hits, no errors, and seven men left on base. Four to nothing, National League, going into the first half of the ninth inning. The big cheer that you just heard was the announcement that Carl Hubble is going in to pitch for the... National Leaguers. So the battery for the National Leaguers here in the first half of the ninth inning will be Hubble and Danny. Score reads four to nothing in favor of the National Leaguers going into the first half of the ninth inning. And Ken Keltner will be the first batter for the American League. That's right-handed. There goes Danning throw down to second base. We're just about ready to go. The hits are seven for the National Leaguers, three for the American Leaguers. Keltner batting. 
31,488 as announces the attendance. Hubble steps in on the mound, getting a signal from Danning for the first pitch here to Ken Keltner, the Cleveland Indians. That's right-handed. Here's the pitch, and it's ball one low. First half of the ninth. One ball is the count on Keltner. Hubble's into his wind-up. Here's the next one. Strike. He swung at it one and one. One ball and one strike on Ken Keltner. One and one. Hubble's in on the mound again. Goes into his wind-up for the next pitch to Ken Keltner. And it's a foul ball going on top of the stands to the right of the plate. And it's now two strikes and one ball. Two strikes, one ball is a count. Two strikes and one ball. Sit on the mound getting set. Here's the pitch. Low ball two. Two and two. Two balls and two strikes. Ken Keltner batting. The first man here for the American Leaguers in the first half of the ninth inning. Here's the next one, and it's strike three. Keltner went down swinging for the initial out. He sort of, he tried to stop his swing on that one, but it was too late. Finney is up. Lou Finney of the Boston Red Sox playing right field for the American Leaguers. Bats left-handed. Hubble steps in there to get his signal from Danning. Higby warming up for the National Leaguers down the bullpen, a right-hander. Here's the first pitch, outside and low, ball one on Finney. Hank Greenberg on deck. First half of the ninth inning, the score, four to nothing in favor of the National Leaguers. Three runs in the first inning and one in the eighth. Hubble steps in on the mound, winding up for the pitch. Ball two, low. Two balls and no strikes. Two balls, no strikes with Lou Penny Batty. Gets his signal. Hubble starts his windup again. Here's the next one. Ball three inside. Three and nothing. Three balls and no strikes. Three balls and no strikes with Lou Penny batting. One man down. Ken Kelter, the first man up. Went down by the strikeout route. Hubble starts his windup. Here's the pitch. Low for ball four, and Finney walks on four straight pitches. That brings up Hank Greenberg of the Detroit Tigers playing left field for the American Leaguers. That's right-handed. With one away, one down, Finney on first base, Greenberg batting. DiMaggio on deck. Hubble steps in on the mound. One away. Lances over first base. He's into his stretch. All set. Here's the pitch. And it's strike one. Greenberg swung at it. One strike on Hank Greenberg. With one man down. Lou Finney on first base in the first half of the ninth. Steps in on the mound. He got his signal from Danning. For the next pitch here to Greenberg. Up goes the arm. Glances over first. He's all set. Here's the pitch. High ball. One and one. One ball and one strike. One and one on Greenberg. 
One ball and one strike. Finney on first base. Steps it on the mound. Getting set for the next one. Here's the pitch. Ball two outside. Two balls and one strike. Double tossed in four straight balls there to Finney. And the count is now two balls and one strike on Hank Greenberg. Steps it on the mound. Here's the next one. And it's a foul ball coming back to the plate. Coming back. It looks like it. And he makes the catch right up against the screen. Danning going right up against the screen to make the catch and back to the plate for the second out. So it's two away. Two away. And DiMaggio is up. Joe the batter. Hubble steps it on the mound. Here's the first pitch, and there goes a high one. Going out to left field. A high fly. Joe Moore moves in. He takes it. All the third out. Retiring the side and ending the ball game with the National Leaguers winning by a score of 4-1. to one. The results there in the first half of the ninth inning show no runs, no hits, no errors, one man left on base. The final score was 4 to nothing in favor of the National Leaguers. And now, Mel Allen. And so for the first time in the 8th Annual All-Star Classic, or for the first time in the history of this Midsummer Day's dream, We've had a shutout. This is the first shutout we've ever had. And that brings the total in the games played now to American League, five victories. The National League, three victories. The winning pitcher is Paul Derringer, very likely. And the losing pitcher, Charlie Ruffing. And for those of you who may have tuned in late, a quick recapitulation of what happened. The National League has struck very fast in the last half of the first inning after the American League has been retired without damage. Archie Vaughn first up beat out an infield hit. Billy Herman followed with a single to left. And up came Max West for the Boston Bees who had a home run to the right center field stands to put the National League ahead 3 to nothing. And from then on, there was no score in the ball game until the eighth inning when Mallott first up drew a base on balls was sacrificed to second by Frank McCormick and rode home on Harry Danning's single to right. And that's how all the runs were made. The totals for the National League, four runs, seven hits, no errors. For the American League, no runs, three hits, and one error. Paul Derringer was the starting and winning pitcher for the National League. He worked two innings, allowed one hit, walked one, struck out three. No runs given up, of course, by any of the National League pitchers. Bucky Walters took over in the third, pitched two innings, allowed no hits, no walks, no strikeouts. Whitlow Wyatt of the Brooklyn Dodgers came in in the fifth inning. Pitched two innings, allowed one hit. No walk, struck out one. Larry French of the Chicago Cubs came in in the seventh. He worked two innings, allowed one hit, no walks, two strikeouts. And Carl Hubble of the New York Giants pitched the last inning, pitching one inning, in which time he got no hits, walked one, and struck out one. For the American League, Red Ruffing of the Yankees started, pitched three innings, allowed five hits, no walks, struck out two, and three runs were given up by Red. Buck Newsom of the Detroit Tigers came in in the fourth, worked three innings, Allowed one hit, one walk, one strikeout, and no runs. Bobby Feller came in, finished the ball game for the American League, pitching two innings, 
during which time he gave up one hit, walked one, struck out three, and allowed one run. And so it was Max West of the Boston Bees, the offensive hero of the National League this afternoon, and he almost became the defensive hero when he leaped high in the air up against the right field wall trying to snare Luke Kaplan's line drive, which went for two bases. West was hurt on the play and had to leave the game. Joe Gordon was outstanding defensively for the American League, making a couple of very nice stops, and also Charlie Keller of the Yankees, whose foul catch of Bill Nicholson's fly in the third inning was another highlight of the ball game. That's just about all from Sportsman's Park in St. Louis, ladies and gentlemen, with the National League turning in the first shutout in the history of this annual All-Star Classic. Your announcers have been yours truly, Mel Allen, and France Locks of Station Camo X in St. Louis. We hope you've enjoyed our broadcast, and perhaps we'll see you again next year. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. You're listening to the WBBM Air Theater, Wrigley Building.